When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is December 20th. Merry Christmas week. I don't know if that's a thing, Uh, but we're here. Bowl season is upon us. The holidays are upon us. The best time of the year in college football. Uh, I am your host, David Ubb, and welcome to Football and Grits, the Athletics SEC football podcast. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Andy Staples. Andy, before we get into the games that are going to be happening soon... I was told that ducks fly south for the winter, but apparently we have one that has flown west from the plains all the way up to Wait, Oregon. Did, Bo is it tigers fly north. It's a little convoluted. I I admit, in the middle of that, I was like, "This is a little confusing," but I'm gonna roll with it. That's how we do it on this show. But for uh, I'm sure if you uh, if you haven't heard, Bo Nix, former Auburn quarterback, former five star uh, recruit, um, Rorschach test, Andy. Or how do we how do we want to re- re- uh, refer to him on this podcast? A polarizing uh, figure. Yeah, I, f- I feel like how you feel about Bonix says more about you than it does about him. That's fair. Either way, he's going to be playing for Oregon next year, Andy, who coincidentally will open up next season against Georgia with Dan Lanning, former Georgia defensive coordinator, as its head coach on the sidelines. A spicy opener. Andy, what do we make of this? Um, because well, we're, from I, where I'm sitting, he is, Bonix he is headed to reju- He's headed to rejoin Kenny Dillingham, who was his offensive coordinator as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, perhaps he, he enjoyed playing for Kenny. Now, I don't know what this means exactly. We've not seen Ty Thompson's response to this yet. Ty Thompson is the heralded recruit who did not beat out Anthony Brown this year. Uh, much to the chagrin of, of the Oregon faithful. And, you know, I, I was reading Twitter when the, the news broke and uh, Dan Lanning tweeted out the duck emoji when he got it. You know, he does that when he gets a commitment. And mm-hmm. so when they got the Bo Nix commitment, he tweeted out the duck emoji. And the first response is like, what about Ty Thompson? Well, don't you have faith <laughs> in your elite QB recruiting? And, and the person below is like, he didn't recruit him, dummy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I think... Um... I mean, if I'm Ty Thompson, I'm a little nervous. I mean, every when you have a changing at the head coaching spot and they bring in a new guy, especially a guy that they have a history with, ah, it's not a great sign for you, I think. But we'll see. Um, you know, I, I, more competition is, is not a bad thing. You know, Bo Nix, say what you will about the guy, but he's better than a lot of quarterbacks that are on college rosters. And he's a guy that can win you some ball games. Uh, he's a guy that can make your fans probably cuss a lot. Um, we've seen plenty of that from Auburn. Um, but he's a guy that can make opposing defenses do the same thing. Uh, we saw him make a ton of plays this year. So, I, you know, I, I you can't color Bo Nix as the guy who's going to come in and win Pac-12 Player of the Year and be Superman. 
But I have a hard time believing he's not a guy that by him being on your roster doesn't make your team better. I think that's where I'm at on all this. Oh, I think so too. And and look, the defense is going to be playing there. Not as good as the defenses that he was playing. Well, except for the first game because he's got to play Georgia again. But Andy, not as good as the defenses he's. This been is playing. some Washington State slander we're hearing. Here. I I understand and I'm I apologize, Cougs, but it's just life. <laughs> Alabama is better than you. You're gonna have yeah. to live with that. Uh, my another one of my favorite Twitter responses to Lanning after they they announced or they they announced that they, they got a commitment, which happened to be Bonex. He'll. He's not the type of guy that can beat Bama. Oh, contraire, mon frere. He has actually beaten Alabama. <laughs> I have seen it with my own two eyes, uh, Andy. It did happen. I can guarantee you that it happened. I mean, I think, like I said, for all the, you know, I, I mean, I wrote this, uh, the column last week about the death of the backup quarterback. Maybe Oregon has a couple. You know, if I'm, if I'm, if Ty Thompson, <laughs> but, but maybe stays, that's all they have. What if they don't well, have a starter? Maybe they stays, just have backups. <laughs> if Ty Thompson stays or Bo Nix stays, and both of those guys are there, and one of those guys is starting, I gotta tell you, I feel decent about having that other guy as the backup, whoever that is. Yeah, I, you could be in a worse listen, situation. There, there's going to be a lot of movement, and and so I wrote kind of as a response to your column, mm-hmm. and, and and basically in response to a couple of questions I got in my dear Andy mailbag. You know, the backup quarterback, you're right, is dying. But certain smart quarterbacks and smart coaches will take advantage of this inefficiency in the market. Because totally agree. Because they're going to be better high school quarterbacks available because the, there are not as many getting signed. So if you are an elite team signing – because remember, the elite teams are still signing those top-shelf quarterback recruits. But now dip down into the three-stars. a mid-three-star. We can call yeah. it. Can we call it the and, Kyle Trask corollary? I mean, Kyle was a two-star who didn't even start his own high school. He's more of a well. That's you know, because Derek King was ahead of him, though. Yeah, I mean, it's more like the Chase Bryce who comes in to save your butt when uh, when Syracuse knocks out Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Now Chase yeah. Bryce wound up playing at Duke and Appalachian State after Clemson, but it's it's that type of player yeah. who is willing to stay. But yes, Kyle Trask is a is a good example. Mac Jones is a good example, even though Mac Jones was a low four-star. Mac Jones could have gone to Kentucky. He, he was offered, but he was committed to Kentucky. And they had a change at quarterback coach, and he decided to examine his options, and one of those options turned out to be Alabama. And he was the one guy not scared to commit in the same class as Tua. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, just the entire – I mean, I think this is the thing that – I think you wrote this. I think I touched on it. Uh, I think you hit this on your mailbag, or maybe it was Stu. I forget. There's too much content on the athletic, Andy. It's good stuff. Oh, not it's a good. This is to the have. norm. This is not uh, the coaching carousel. I don't think is the norm. I think this is an outlier. The quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, the quarterback, whatever we want to call this. Yes, that this is the new norm. This is what's going to be happening get, get every it, yeah. single year from here on out. It's not going to go back. I don't expect the coaching carousel to be quite this crazy every year, but get used to quarterbacks moving big names that, you know, moving from programs that you watch. It's very interesting. I mean, Lane Kiffin said it free agency's here in college football and you can complain about it. You can yell about it for reasons. I don't fully understand. But is that, is that what happened with Bo Nix? I don't think that's what happened with Bo Nix. Not Bo Nix specifically, but I'm talking in the grander scheme of things. You're going to see a guy that you watched play a lot of football one year, Play a lot of football for somebody else the next year, and that's going to be 
just what the sport is. Um, like all other yeah. sports, Andy. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Just, just more compressed because look, Le- yes. you know, LeBron plays for, for three different franchises. One of the same, one franchise twice mm-hmm. over the course of a, a 20 year NBA career. You're going to see somebody play for two teams in, in the, over the course of four years of eligibility. Yeah. Just it's fine, guys. Sleep. It's fine. It's fine. It actually gives you something to talk about. It does. It does. Andy, do we need to give a standing ovation, a round of applause for Texas A&M, the national champions? Do we need to? But are they? Because they're that gonna doesn't get there. happen until... What, what, you think they're going to get there in February? I think they're going to get there in February. It's going to be close, I think they probably but I think are they'll too. get there. Either way... They, they, they have... They have several hanging out there that they could get, and they don't have to get the them all. If they like get like two of them, of the five stars, they're going to yeah. be number one. Yeah. Either way, for the uninitiated, for the last decade, Andy, what is the current – is it 11 years, I believe? Yes. Alabama or Georgia have had the number one recruiting class in the country. As we sit here with the early signing period closed, and we have a month-long sprint, a handful of five stars, some other guys still available, A&M still in on many of those guys. A&M has the number one recruiting class in the country. Andy, we sat here uh, a month ago around Thanksgiving, and I said, I'm not worried about A&M. Sometimes teams go 8-4. and four. Sometimes they have bad years. They'll be fine. This is why they're going to be fine. And I think this is also why, Andy, Jimbo wasn't that motivated to go to LSU. Multiple times, no. it sounds like. Scott Woodward dialed him up, and he said, Thanks, but no thanks. I'm not going to bring a number one class to A&M and then leave it. Uh, he, I mean, A&M is one of those cases. Anyone in college football, this has been the case in the Big 12. It's been the case in the country. You can see it. There's never been a good reason why they haven't been able to be great, why they haven't been able to be a juggernaut. And you keep doing this, Andy. You just get continuous bites at the apple. We're seeing it with Georgia this year. Georgia kind of similar. No national championship since 1980. There's no reason why they couldn't. I am of the belief... That's the best job in college football. But you keep reeling in top one, top two, top three classes. You get a bunch of bites at the apple. Mm A&M hasn't really gotten a big chomp yet, but this is how college football works. We don't need Ari in here to tell us that it's coming. It's coming. Well, and and what it it probably will take for A&M to get over that hump is they find that special quarterback. Transcendent guy. Whether that's Haynes mm-hmm. King, whether that's Max Johnson, whether that's Connor Wegman. One of the, if one of those three guys is that special quarterback that, that just clicks in that offense, the talent will carry them. Mm-hmm. They, they will have a very good season. They've been pretty good on the lines, um, but they haven't had that game breaker. Kellen Mond, a good player, not a guy that I think defensive coordinators lost a lot of sleep over. Um, you need that guy, uh, I think, to really uh, to be a truly scary team. You know, Georgia is threatening to to break that, I guess, mold, but they're going to be more the exception than the rule, and they also have a what we think is still a very, very good defense, even if we're not willing to apply that generational stamp to them, Andy. The SEC title game, I think, made us all a little bit weary. We'll see. But if they're able to win a national championship, they're going to be the exception more than the rule. And if Alabama wins, Andy, why will Alabama win the national championship this year? Because they have a better quarterback than anyone else. Yes. The the best quarterback that they could face in the playoff is probably the one they're facing in the first round. 
I think you may be. You you may be right about that. Um, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I think I I would if if we're talking about okay, so Bryce Young is probably the best of the of, of the four starters, mm-hmm. and I would say Desmond Ritter's number two, mm-hmm. and then we'll see where how do you how you stack up Cade McNamara, Stetson Bennett, and then J T Daniels. I guess you can kind of throw in there too. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna maybe throw him in, I don't know if they're if they will or not, but. I would say that that you would put Bryce Young and Des Ritter one two with Bryce being number one, obviously, and yeah, you you got a special quarterback, you have more of a chance, and yes. it makes up for more. You know that's that's where Ari's the stars matter stuff absolutely matters, but you can make up more than anything else with a special quarterback because yep. Alabama, you know, they, they've got the really one really special defender in Will Anderson but not an elite defense compared to the other defenses they've put out in the last 10 years. Yeah, uh, a very good defense. probably That's isn't the best offensive line that they've put out in the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. But Will Anderson and Bryce Young on, on either side make up for a lot. I think that's right. Uh, but it, the Aggies, I mean, you know, they're just amassing talent, Andy. I think they cracked the mm-hmm. blue chip ratio two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and even if you just keep recruiting at this level, maybe not number one every year, but if you're top five to top seven every year, which I think is a reasonable goal for A&M, even as they lose the SEC bargaining chip when, when Texas comes, I think they can still be close. Considering, you know, if you're Jimbo versus Sark or whoever is running Texas in five years – you know, Jimbo's a bigger draw right now. That's just true. He's just a better coach. Yeah, uh, and you can, and that's a that's a selling point. Um, so, I think they can be at that point. And if you just keep amassing that talent every year, your floor is super super high. And if your floor is eight or nine wins, I mean, was this was this the worst case scenario for A and M this year, Andy? More than likely, I would think. Well, they did beat Alabama, so I don't know if you can call it the worst. Yeah, that's fair. But, but not a great year. Yes, they went I mean, toe-to-toe with Colorado. They, they, did, they looked really bad against Arkansas and really bad against Mississippi State. Yeah. And you take those two games away, and I think you're looking at a, a, a different season. Yeah, I agree. The talent is there, though. The floor is high. Uh, so give them the rings, Andy. Do you, do you get rings for recruiting national championship? You do not get <laughs> – yeah, you get ring pops. That's what you get. You get ring I'll pops. I'll give them that. Okay. Uh, they disappear after you suck on them for a little while, but you, that's all you get. You don't get anything permanent. You have to create something permanent out of that. But it's interesting because what you described when you're talking about if you recruit like this class after class after class after class, you described LSU going into 2019. Mm-hmm. They kept recruiting like that, and then eventually they had the quarterback to go with it, and you saw what you saw. Yeah, Jamar Chase helped. Clyde edwards player helped, but... Yes, just overwhelming teams. Um, it all sort of the stars sort of aligned. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, Andy, as for the national championships that take place on the field, we're nearing bowl season. Uh, 
how do you feel about some bowl picks, Andy? Do we want to oh, knock it. on the door of some bowl picks? The SEC's bowl season gets kicked off Wednesday in the uh, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Uh, Andy, I just broke my own rule because you Lockheed used the Martin. Name, didn't you? Lockheed Martin does not sponsor football and grits. I'd be a little iffy if they did, to be honest. Uh, but they do not sponsor football and grits. And my long-standing rule, Andy, is uh, if they're not, if you're not working for ESPN or the schools, just call the bowl what it is. So, well, that's what I—I I, I was in. I remember covering the the Peach Bowl between Miami and Florida after the 2004 season, mm-hmm. and the PR guy got really mad at, at the Associated Press reporter for not writing it as the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. And the Associated <laughs> Press reporter said, well, I always write it as the Outback Bowl, so if you want to change your name to the Chick-fil-A Bowl, then you go right ahead. But until you do, it's yeah. the Peach Bowl. Exactly. And the guy got so mad, and they did change it to the Chick-fil-A Bowl. They had to change it back to the Peach Bowl <laughs> when it became a semifinal. Yes. Uh, so anyway, that's my long-standing rule. I don't think I'm alone there. Either way, the Armed Forces Bowl will start from the top. We'll go in order. Andy, we have Missouri, a four-point dog to the Army Black Knights, who were upset in the Army-Navy game. Where are you going here? So, Steve Wilkes, in his time as Missouri's defensive coordinator, has not looked great against offenses that tend to be unique to college, that, that you don't see in the NFL. And, and he's, you know, NFL guy. He's been an NFL head coach. Mm-hmm. He's been a, definitely been an NFL defensive coordinator. I don't think he's seen a lot of triple option. Now, there's not you, you. You can figure out how to stop it. You have to hit the dive man. You have to hit the quarterback. You have to hit the pitch man every play, mm-hmm. and and you have to you know make sure who the guys on the field know who has each one and just make sure they hit them. But I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that. Even with a, if even you've with never seen it before, prepare, I'm with you on this, Andy. Yeah. If you haven't seen it before, and and Munkin can make some adjustments, and remember, Munkin's not purely an option guy, so he may throw a wrinkle in there. And I'm guessing Army's pretty pissed about the way they played against yeah. Navy, because they were the better team than Navy all season, but they got beat that day. Mm-hmm. Like they got straight up beat. So I, I imagine they are happy a week and a half later to have a chance to erase that that feeling. So I, I, I think army covers in this game. It feels like to me in this game, Andy army's either going to score 13 or 40. <laughs> yes. Like I, I, that's yes. kind of what you look at this. It's going to be uh we're in the middle of the second quarter and people are sending thoughts and prayers to the Missouri defense or, or, or yeah. Connor Basilak those for 500 something yards. And they do to army's defense. What wake did except they slow them down enough because I don't think that this is going to be a shootout. I, I think this is going to be lopsided one or the other, but I'm kind of with you on the, on this, Andy. I, I don't the, the other thing about a triple, op, triple option team against a team like, like an SEC team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when Paul Johnson gets the Georgia Tech job, they, I think they played a peach bowl against LSU. And one of the poor guards for Georgia Tech just was overwhelmed by whoever he had to play LSU's against from LSU. LSU's D-lines tend got, to do that. Right. <laughs> and, and, and so the LSU D tackle was putting this guy in the basically in the quarterback and fullback's lap every play. And, and Georgia Tech could do nothing. So that's the thing that could make us both wrong, is if there's one matchup along the line of scrimmage that, that Missouri can take advantage of, 
then we're going to be wrong. But if, if Army can, can match up decently up front, I think they're going to be all right. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Andy. We have the Gasparilla Bowl now. I do. I would have made it a. I would have made a exception if Bad Boy Mowers was still driving the bus on this one, but they're not. What about some? What about Bitcoin? This used to be the Bitcoin Bowl for a minute too. I believe so. Uh, but yes, the Beefo Brady's Bowl. <laughs> All these classics. Either way, we have uh, a spicy matchup at a spiceless time. I suppose, Andy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, we we have, found spice in a spiceless place. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Florida six and a half point favorites over uh, Gus Malzahn's UCF Knights, not the Golden Knights. I got a month Dude, of angry tweets. Nasty. I got a that. month of angry tweets, Andy, when I called them the Golden Knights in my 2011 Fiesta Bowl preview before Blake Bortles marched all over a very good Baylor team. Uh, I learned my lesson there, Andy. Either way. I this is a little bit like the Missouri game and then I don't, what are we going to get from Florida? I, I have no idea. Well, what are we going to get from UCF? Like the UCF people aren't chirping at all because their team is so injured. Yes. That they're not really worrying about this game. Cuz this is one where I think if UCF is completely healthy and Florida is where they are with a lame, you know, what, what the skeleton crew that's left of the mm-hmm. of the Mullen staff coaching them through this game. And, and waiting to find out what, what things will be like under the new staff. I don't I think UCF would roll in that game. But UCF is so banged up that And they I, haven't I don't been very know. good this year either. They just they've had a, a handful of games where you're just like, what is mm-hmm. what is going on with this? And guys? I will say that that Florida with bowl eligibility to play for and, and a bowl eligibility in this type of bowl, they were playing hard against Florida State. Mm-hmm. Like they had not packed it in, even though their coach had been fired and all that stuff. So I'll be curious to see what they look like. And and this is this is Anthony Richardson starting for the first time since the Georgia game. And he ain't starting against Georgia's defense. Mm-hmm. So what's that gonna look like? This is his audition for Billy Napier to be to say, look, I am QB one. Get your butt out of the portal. Yeah. Unless you're getting a backup for me. I, I'm I'm here and let's do this. I think this will be tight. I think it'll be high scoring, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go UCF in the points here. Six and a half is a lot. I think they can score, put some points on the board, run the ball, uh, control it a little bit. Uh, give me a UCF in the points. Are you going Florida, Andy? I'm gonna be a homer and say Florida covers. All right, I, I by just, a lot I think, or by a little. I think they still care. I think there's enough players that still care, and and they're gonna. They're going to go out there wanting to win this game. It's not going to be a lark. It won't be like last year when they got to the Cotton Bowl and just got smoked, which yeah, that was everybody saw coming a mile away. Yeah. Well, but I think Florida, do you believe that this Florida team is, I mean, they're certainly more talented than UCF. Are they a lot better as a team than UCF? Because it sounds like if they show Again, up, if, you if like UCF was healthy. Role. If UCF was healthy, I would I would probably feel differently. Yeah, yeah. But they are so banged up. It, I just I don't I don't think you know like if if Dylan Gabriel is and obviously Dylan Gabriel's already committed to UCLA mm-hmm. like he's gone. But if it were the team they started the season with, I think it'd be a little bit different story. Yeah. Andy, next up in the Birmingham Bowl, 
We have Auburn at six and six. No Bo Nix. TJ Finley getting the start here. A two and a half point favorite against the Houston Cougars. Andy, I think Houston's really good. I think Houston might be one of the 15 best teams in the country this year. They're really good. They played a bad game in the first game of the season, and they've looked downright dominant at times. This is a little disrespectful. I think Houston, any of these AAC teams, when they get a shot at the SEC, uh, they like to take that shot. Uh, I like Houston to win this game outright and and maybe by a touchdown or something. I'm really – not invested in a very up and down Auburn team, especially without Bo Nix to uh, to be able to play some backyard and football. and and without Roger McCreary, Zacoby yes. McLean, and Broderius Ham, yes, who have opted out. So well, does, that, this that's, is one of those, that's the thing this you have like to a fishy line yeah. to me, Andy. Is this is this inflated because people believe that the SEC rolls every bowl season, or do we think Vegas knows something on this? No, it's listen. Auburn is more talented. Mm-hmm. Even after the opt-outs, Auburn has a more talented roster than Houston. Agree. But if a lot of the people playing in key roles have not been playing all season or have been backups, and they're playing against guys who started all year for a very good team, then you could be more talented and not be the better team. Yeah. If that makes sense. And I think, I think, so. I think that may be the case here. Yeah. So, are we both taking Houston out right here? I will take Houston out right here. Yeah. All right. All right. I look forward to the angry tweets from the Auburn fans. Uh, on the flip side, uh, the Liberty Bowl should change their name to the Revenge Bowl for one year because we get Mike Leach, the pirate, uh, who has already tossed out one barb about his, I believe it's $2.4 million that he's still waiting on from Texas Tech from a decade ago. I thought ago. it was more than that. Well, when this matchup first was announced, I, I thought it was nine. But then I was writing about it, and I believe it's 2.4. What's the difference in $6.5 million, Andy? I think we can all agree. It's a <laughs> very $6.5 small... million. Dollars. That's the difference. <laughs> That's chump change. It's whatever. Uh, but uh, either way, uh, I man, Texas Tech, when they've played some really good defenses, they have not looked good. And I think I think Mississippi State demolishes them at the line of scrimmage. Both sides of the ball here. I, I, I think Mississippi State rolls in this game. I too, think they right? win this game yeah. big, 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 Yeah, big. Charles, Charles Cross has opted out. I, I I don't know that anybody else from Mississippi State has opted out. I know Mike Leach uh, went on his little rant about opting out, which... Yeah, whatever. You know, when, when, he was, when he was meeting with John Curry and Marina Del Rey, he was going to opt out on Washington State if Tennessee hired him. So it just yeah. sort of happens that way sometimes. Yeah. Uh, agree to disagree on the opt-outs, but we agree to agree, Andy, you and I at least, this is going to be a Bulldogs cakewalk big time. Uh, the Carolinas Bowl. Andy, I- important update to our last bowl show. Oh, this is uh, this is big time news, by the way. This so changes Shane everything. Beamer did tell me at the Nagurski banquet that he was going to – Subject himself to the mayo bath, whatever it needed to be. I believe I, I, I believe it was a just like one of those weird hometown press conferences. Mac Brown also agreed. Now, if we're keeping it a hundred, Andy, I would like to see Mac Brown take the mayo bath on just a pure comedy standpoint. More so, absolutely. More so than Shane why I'm gonna, that, That's why I'm going to pick North Carolina in this game. I also think North Carolina wins, but I 
think South Carolina makes this really competitive. They're very spicy down the stretch. And Andy, are there more good Jason, vibes? Jason Brown's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Jason are Brown there, helped make them spicy. Let's not forget that. Are there better vibes around any team in the SEC outside of the playoff right now than South Carolina? No, because they they severely outperformed expectations. We we thought maybe they were a three win team this year. They're here in a in a Mayo Bowl, and Spencer Rattler's coming awesome to be the starting awesome quarterback. Coming. Yes. Yeah. So I, I do think South Carolina is is in a happy place. Are they okay? Now, Tennessee had a whole season of outperforming expectations and, and just being generally happy. Mm-hmm. And they've got Hinton Hooker coming back. So I would say that and, – and we had this argument about Josh Heupel and, and Shane Beamer you know, doing the best job relative to expectations as well. I think they're kind of neck and neck again for good vibes. Well, I, I think Tennessee's a much better team than South Carolina because you watch Tennessee – when they look really good, you're just like, wow, they're just really good. When you see yeah. South Carolina roll, you're kind of wondering, how is this like, how happening are they doing right this? now? Yeah, like you're like, what in the world? Tennessee, I think, has better athletes. Um, so, yeah, they, I, I think in terms of – that's where you get kind of messy because on paper, Tennessee lost a lot more, was in a much more dire situation. But then you watch them play and you're like – this doesn't look like a team that lost, you know, a couple dozen guys to the portal and, you know, 15, 20 guys. I forget what the numbers even are from their from their depth chart that should be on this team. They look pretty competent right now. They don't look like a team that's playing that shorthanded, in part because they stayed relatively healthy this year. Um, they, they dodged some bullets there. But either way, in this ballgame, Andy, I think South Carolina keeps it close, uh, but uh, North Carolina finishes it off. Sam Howell, did he opt out or is he playing? I believe he's playing. I think he's playing too, which I'm not sure why, but more power to him. I'm excited to see him play. Uh, but either way, North Carolina have been pretty shaky this year. Uh, I like the vibes around uh, South Carolina finishing this the season with a flurry, uh, except for having to play uh, uh, awakened Clemson. North Carolina is not awakened. Yeah, they, they, they played Clemson <laughs> at absolutely the wrong time. Yeah, that, I, if they get if they get Clemson in in mid October, Andy. I'm not so sure they don't win that ball game. Uh, but I like North Carolina, but I like them tight here. Moving to Nashville, a little bit down uh, I-40. Purdue, Tennessee. Uh, no David Bell for Purdue, I believe, Andy. Am I correct in this? I think that's right. I believe so. Hold on. Let me check my opt The opt-outs are impossible to track right now. I, uh, do you have a, a handy site, or do you have an Excel sheet somewhere? that you're, you're David Bell on? and Karloftis out for Purdue. Tennessee okay. by a bill. Now, Alante Taylor's out for Tennessee. So, it's not, They're thin not at Tennessee corner by already, a million but, yet. Yeah. But when, when yeah. you don't have Alante Taylor, if the other side doesn't have David Bell, it kind of, honestly, that's, that's probably a bigger The Karloftis thing, I feel like, is even more damaging for Purdue. Yes, I agree. Uh, we'll see Cade Mays, uh, on the fence, uh, in, in playing in that game for health and draft reasons, I believe. I just think Tennessee is a better team. I think they're playing really good football here at the end of the year. I think it's just one of those better team wins this ball game. It's not a walkover, but I like Tennessee by like seven to 10 ish in this ball game. Uh, they're going to have 75 to 80% of the fans. I'm guessing. I don't know that David, sell has Tennessee it out, but... played a bad game this season. No, and I, this is what I – when people ask me about about uh, 
Uh, honestly, Bowling Green is probably their worst performance, quite frankly. Right. Uh, since people ask, then, yeah, people ask me since about Hendon Hooker the, became the starter. No, have they played a single bad game. No, and they almost beat Pitt playing the wrong quarterback. Also, uh, but people yeah. ask me about Josh Heupel, and it's like, okay, more impressive, I think, than getting just absolutely waxing Missouri and South Carolina, which you've needed to do and haven't done very often. Uh, since the, 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 the new, in the new SEC. Outside of doing that and winning all the games you're supposed to win, they didn't have a single loss this year that, that fans were ready to, to you know, jump into the Tennessee River to, to, to uh, drown their sorrows. But they were competitive in every single game, which is the biggest problem of the Jeremy Pruitt era and it, at times in the Butch Jones era as well, where they just weren't competitive, mm-hmm. where it's the – you know, it's the first quarter and it's twenty-eight nothing, and you're sitting there going, "I got to sit through two and a half more hours of this." That right. you lose a lot of fans on days like that. It doesn't matter if you listen. Alabama and Georgia are better teams than Tennessee, right? But they're not forty-one points better. They're not right, and you saw too much of that. Now, the final scores did not indicate it in the Alabama games, uh, the Florida game early in the season, the Georgia game as well. But they didn't look like they got run off the field. And that, I think, to me, is the best sign in year one for Josh Happen moving forward. Can he ever get to that point where they're winning 10, 11, 12 games? I still have my doubts. But you're not getting smacked around by the big boys. And that is a really powerful chip to have in your corner, which I think Josh Heupel has right now. Look, and that fans, when they like go they in, enjoy, feel like they can win. They look like they enjoy playing together. Yeah. And well, they, I, I realize that sounds like a really simple thing. It sounds like a simple thing. But that's such a huge deal for a team. Yeah, I agree. If you care about each other, if it, you know, if you want to win for the guy next to you, and you just love playing together, like that means something. Mm-hmm. And you know, cliche or not, you know, since Josh Eibel's gotten here, they hit on fun, fast, and real. You know, relationships on the field, their program. That's kind of what they. That's like been their calling card, and you've seen it come to fruition. Tennessee was not well. You know, you can sort of. Uh, take qualms with real, however you want to put it, in the Jerry Pruitt era. But they were not fun, and they were not fast in any of those any no. of those games. And you know, th- this looks like a totally different program. And I think once you have a more built out roster, you know, they close the recruiting season in in really strong in a really strong way at at, at different points this year. And they had a tough year in state recruiting, but different points this year, Tennessee looked like they might not have a top twenty five, barely, you know. They certainly didn't look like they have a top 20 class, maybe barely top 25. They, they almost got into the top 10, Andy, real close. They closed yeah. really, really strong, a nice final day. Um, so a really great month for Tennessee football and a lot of – I mean, these are the best vibes coming into a year since 19, which was erased very quickly with the Georgia State loss. Uh, do you know offhand who Tennessee opens next season with, Andy? I forget. They've, they've got BYU at some point. Uh, but I I can't remember I if they got a, a tough one or an easy one. Either way, good vibes going into the offseason, regardless of how this game plays out. But I think it plays out very well for uh, – They open with Ball State, so. Well, they should be okay. Uh, Ball State uh, had some, some good team good, – uh, played some good ball this year. A very competent MAC team, uh, but not a team, obviously, that you should lose to. A team you can lose to if you're not careful, uh, but not a team that you should lose to. Andy – the Aggies, four-point favorites. 
against Wake Forest. Do you want Sam you want to hear the list? Sam Hartman is playing. Correct. Sam Hartman's playing. He is playing. And he's Just about back, everybody right? important for Wake Forest is playing. Yes. Uh, I don't. Has he said he's coming back? He said he's playing. It's weird. It, you get these these weird things like Grayson McCall from from Coastal Carolina before he played that game the other night said I'm going to play college football next year. Not sure where. <laughs> Respectfully, some of these guys dropping these Instagram graphics that are like four paragraphs. Man, I, I'm going to use the, the Twitter meme of, uh, sorry, I ain't reading yeah, all that. Hartman's back in 2022. Hartman okay. is, all, is back in it's 2022. It's the Twitter meme of, sorry, I ain't reading all that. Uh, I'm sorry that happened to you, or I'm glad that happened, or whatever it is. <laughs> it's a lot of words, guys. Let's, let's listen. Can we get an editor? Can we get an editor for, for, the, for the college football graphics community to trim some of this down? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I'm going to have to – well, the thing that needs you trimmed down possibly is, uh, is A&M's list of who's not playing. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> All right, uh, buckle up. So we know, about, we, we know about Zach Calzada. We know they're, they're, yes. they're rolling with a walk-on most likely at quarterback. Uh, Isaiah Spiller also not playing. Uh, offensively, I'm still not as worried because A-Chain's still there. Mm-hmm. Anaya Smith's still there. But Leon O'Neal, DeMarvin Leal, and Jaden Peavy – not playing defensively. Ooh. Liao's the I mean, one. That's your front that, seven. Wake, Wake Forest doesn't have anybody that could have blocked Liao. No. N- nobody. Like he would have wreaked havoc on them. But he's not there. PV's a you know big guy up front. That, that so he's not there. I'm gonna take Wake Forest in this game. I'm taking him out right. I, I got points. You, I'll take it. You, the biggest you know, strength of this team was that front seven, the defensive line, and when your three best players, with apologies to Michael Clemens, are not are not suiting up, that's a problem. That is a problem. Uh, I like Wake too. I I just think it's not a problem of Texas A and M's. You know, Wake's going to score points. Wake's probably getting to thirty in this game. I don't believe that A and M with a walk on quarterback can get to thirty. I just don't. Now they're going to score. They will mm-hmm. score some on Wake. Walk on quarterback or no, they will score some on Wake. Yes, I just don't know that they're going to score enough. That, yes. That's and and Wake will Wake score, you know, in the fifties like they did in a lot of games. No, I don't. I don't think so. But no, I think they can get into the mid thirties. Yeah, like a thirty-three thirty sort of situation. I think uh, something along those lines. Moving on, Andy, to the big ones. We'll go and we'll go. Do we want to skip? The big ones and circle back, or do we want to go continue our? We don't our, need to do the playoff games now. We'll, we'll, we'll have right, an, we'll another chance back to, the to do that. Games. Okay. I mean, Arkansas, granted, we're going to talk about, about some games that are after the playoff games, but still. Yes, yes. Arkansas, uh, the Hogs, two point dogs in the Outback Bowl. Uh, I believe they are representing the Bloomin' Onions. If I'm not mistaken, and Penn State oh, will be the coconut oh, so, shrimp. Wait, Penn State's the coconut shrimp? That changes. That might change. I'm, my pick. I think that's right. It's hard. They should lean into this more because I have gotten on two separate occasions over the last decade the free coconut shrimp and or bloomin' onion. The bloomin' onion, quite frankly, is too much fried stuff. I get about a third of the way through it and I start feeling very sick. But those first couple bites, Andy, just an elite dish in american culture quite frankly <laughs> now what what do you prefer the bloomin onion at outback or the awesome blossom at chilies uh so I'm, I'm more of a bloomin onion person i i hate chilies quite frankly uh so what yes it's terrible oh we may have to kick you off the feed listen 
You can only microwave like so is much one of the, food in bags. Chili's is one. No, I, no, I they don't microwave. You. You're thinking of TGI Fridays. <laughs> you're thinking of Applebee's. Chili, Chili's does not microwave those big mouth burgers. They do not microwave the. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. <laughs> now, I'm not probably ordering those because yes, there's no. I don't see a smoker at Chili's, but nope. uh, but the burgers are fantastic, and the chips and salsa sublime. I'm out. Either big way, big old margaritas. Uh, I will say, Andy. Uh, two things. One, the the orange spiced mustard marmalade that they give you with the coconut shrimp at Outback is oh, tremendous. It's tremendous. But yes. here's the here's the issue. On three separate occasions, Andy, I have asked for an additional. What are we going to call that? A uh, a cup of whatever of what marmalade. Yeah, they don't like that, Andy. I get I get weird looks. I get a oh. I get a forgetfulness that I feel is on purpose. Wait, is this uh, is this at the restaurant when you are paying for it, or is at this... the restaurant, Andy? At, at the, the restaurant. Oh, so you are paying? Could you offer them like an extra seventy five cents if they would give you a, an extra cup of marmalade? I mean, I don't think our conversations ever reach that, but I would. It's it's integral. Quite, I mean, it's integral. You can't eat yeah, of course, the coconut shrimp without that sauce. It's in- now. Have you had the Red Lobster? terrible version of this because they have no, like a I gross pina colada sauce it's terrible oh it's terrible. yes i have i have had that i have had so that bad on, like the, it there is was bad. a celebration of shrimp one year where i uh <laughs> had the misfortune of trying that i hate that sauce yes. uh but uh anyway the spiciness look got a little spice in it a little mustardy the orange it's great anyway to get back to the game I'm rooting for whoever the coconut shrimp is, but on the field, I, I think Arkansas wins this game on the line of scrimmage. Uh, no Traylon Burks, no Trey Smith. I don't think it matters. Trey Williams also so even though, in this ball game. Uh, yes, uh, opt, opting right. out and going into the NFL draft after a, a drunk driving arrest over the weekend. I still think they can win this game on the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, uh, Penn State has just not impressed me at all this year. I've watched them a decent amount. Uh, they, well, what do is, they do well? This is Andy? like this is like the supercharged version of Illinois. Yeah, that beat that beat Penn State. Yeah, <laughs> that's about right. I would say that's about right. Uh, so I I like Arkansas because they win this game on the line of scrimmage. Sometimes it's just that simple. And in this game, I think it will be uh, the Hogs win this one. Uh, Andy, Kentucky, and Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. Uh, VRBO, this is like the worst version of Airbnb. Is that right? Uh, no, they're basically exactly the same. Like, okay. I have, I have debated renting the same house on a- Airbnb and VRBO, just figuring out which service fee is lower and picking that one. That sounds about right. Uh, I don't use either of these services in my day-to-day life very often. Big time Marriott loyalist sponsor the show guys. I think you'll get a lot of reception from myself and Andy. Uh, I'm done. I, I no, no, no. I'm, I'm Airbnb or VRBO all the way. So really uh, I'm done. I'm done with the Marriott people. Whoa. I'm lifetime titanium already. So okay. they can never take that away from me. <laughs> That's like a, you go on the road 150 days a year for about 10 years. You're, you're good to go. <laughs> well, I am not to that status yet. I am still got the Marriott credit card, uh, all that stuff. Anyway, um, but in this ball game, Andy, oh man, Will Levis. It's just as simple to me 
as if he avoids a multi-interception game, they win this. But that's his one of his greatest weaknesses is one of Iowa's greatest strengths. Well, that's and, and, and Iowa as as inept as they can be on offense at times can destroy you if you turn the ball. Look at yes. look at poor Maryland. They built an Maryland entire Maryland thought they were going to have a good Andy. year. Yeah. yeah. They, Maryland thought they were going to have a good year and then Iowa just decimated them in that one night. That was one of the, I watched that turnovers. game in a uh, in a sports bar in where was I? I believe I was in Atlanta. Or, no, I was in Birmingham for Alabama Ole Miss, I believe. And I watched that game, and oh boy, that was poor Talia. That was a rough, rough ball game. So when, when Iowa gets on top of you, when they can start rushing you and, and they've got a double-digit lead in the second half and you start throwing it, that can be disastrous. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw, I'm gonna throw my, my, my chips in with Will Levis and say he avoids the disaster. I think his offensive line can help him out. Slow him down a little bit. Get some uh, get some screens, some, I'll, some slot screens. I'll take, some I'll take the Hawkeyes and the points. All right. I'm going to take uh, uh, Kentucky to win this one. I'll take the points. Uh, or, I mean, I will give you the points as well. Low-scoring game, uh, but I like the, Wild, the Wildcats to get this done. Uh, I don't feel good about it, and I reserve the right, Andy, if Levis throws a second pick in the first half to flip this. Am I allowed to flip this bet? <laughs> no, you're because not allowed that, to flip it. If that happens, it's over. It's over. Uh, the Sugar Bowl, Andy. I will be at this game covering Baylor and Ole Miss uh, for a week down in uh, down in New Orleans. What are what are your plans for bowl season, Andy? Uh, to take it all in from up here as the COVID surge likely eliminates yeah, in-person that's a good interviews point, actually. Yeah. And, and makes it <laughs> – not cost effective to attend these games. Fair um, enough. So, yeah, it's. It, I I was tempted to to head down to the Orange Bowl, but, and I, I'm not giving up on that yet. But I, I'm not not optimistic. Yeah. This game is a pick 'em from Vegas. It feels like a coin flip. I mean, this is two teams. Baylor's offense has been up and down. The defense has been pretty solid. Ole Miss's offense, Andy, sneaky kind of overrated because they looked like the best offense in the country early in the season. And I think some people stopped watching them once they started losing games. They looked pretty rough the last month of the year. But then their defense picked it up. Now, a little bit. They had a, a lot bit. of receivers hurt late in the mm-hmm. season. I think that had a lot to do with yeah, it. Yeah, the injuries did have a major impact on all that, yes. But they weren't just tearing through teams. And I think this offense – is not as good as its reputation. And, Andy, uh, I believe Jeff Lebby is not participating, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he, he's at Oklahoma already. Uh, the, the reason they signed Nick Evers was Lebby had recruited him for Ole Miss, so there was a prior relationship. And so when Evers decided, you know, after the Florida coaching change, he was looking elsewhere, mm-hmm. Lebby said, hey, you didn't want to come play for me at Ole Miss. Would you like to come play for me at Oklahoma? And boom. There you go. So yeah, I, I think that's that's going on. Uh, you know, Blake Shapin was was awesome for Baylor. It's really good, really good in that Big Twelve Championship years. game. So they're they're good. I mean, from a quarterback standpoint, obviously Matt Corral. I still think Matt Corral's best quarterback in this draft class. Mm, no, I I still struggle. Who's better? Well, here's, Who you here's, like better? Here's, my, here's my question for you, Andy. 
because I don't – first of all, I think Kenny Pickett is a lot better. He's going to be a lot better pro. But we have 10 to 15 years of data that the Baylor system does not translate well to the NFL. Those guys really well, we, had, we had that with the air raid, and then Patrick Mahomes blew that up. Yes, but Patrick Mahomes And won. now Kyler Murray's doing well, too. Yes, but they weren't running out of the Baylor system. It's different. There, those were those, oh, te- those offenses it's... are running more traditional route trees, more traditional reads, doing all of those things. These are not things that are that are frequent in the Baylor system. We've seen a ton of quarterbacks struggle, and Matt Corral, I don't think, is the most talented guy to come out of the Baylor system. I think that 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 flag goes to Robert Griffin III. I think he's probably more talented than Brandon Whedon or Bryce Petty or a number of these guys. Uh, well, Brandon Whedon didn't play in the Baylor system. I've, uh, he just didn't have a great NFL career. Different system. Um, he was old. Yeah. He, he was, was old when he got there. He was there. also old. Um, but we've seen a lot of, of guys come out of that. Um, so that, more than anything he, about him specifically, I think it's going to be a tough transition for him. Maybe he can buck, this, buck the trend. But give me Kenny Pickett all day long and give me Carson Strong number two. Uh, on my book, anyway. Uh, but I think they've got the better quarterback in this game. I think at the end of the day, it's probably going to come down to that. This will be a tight game. You're going to have four possessions in the fourth quarter, and what you do with them probably determines how this game plays out. I'm taking Corral. I like Chapin. I think he's a really good player. I think he's going to be a great player. Corral's just better. Uh, I think he's been... Other than Bryce Young, probably the best quarterback in college this year. I thought he was better than Pickett in college this year. Um, so I, I think I think both these defenses are gonna are gonna play a big role in this. It's not gonna be a shootout. I don't think. I, I think there's. Gonna I think be it'll turnovers. be average. I think it'll be fifty. I think the I think the number that Vegas has fifty four. I think I think that's probably about right. That sounds very good. That sounds like a very good number. I, I agree with you, but I think that that's probably about right. Uh, that that number from where I'm sitting. Uh, but give me Ole Miss. It's close. Uh, this is going to be a really great game. I'm excited to see it. Uh, but I'll take Ole Miss. Where are you going with this one, Andy? I also will take Ole Miss in this game. I, I, I think this might be one of the most fun games of bowl season. Mm-hmm. I am very excited to watch it. I am as well. LSU and Kansas State closing us out in the Texas Bowl. Andy, these were two really unpredictable teams this year. I don't know what to make of Kansas State. I have no idea what to make of LSU. They've been all over the map all season long. This will be a fun game because I think both of these teams can win or lose this game by two touchdowns. <laughs> I guess I guess I'm gonna stick with LSU because I think they can win the battle. They're just better on the lines. But Deuce Vaughn, very spicy. He could have a big game if he starts doing some stuff. Uh, I think Kansas State could give him give LSU some major problems. You look at what. You know, not to go too far back, but, you know, Zach Charbonnet gave them a heck of a time uh, back in the Rose Bowl or uh, in week one. We could see a 170-yard day for Deuce Vaughn. Heck of a player. And, Andy, I wish we could get Adrian Martinez in this game just for uh, entertainment's sake. We cannot. Wouldn't Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) But we do have have Kansas, former Kansas State great Colin Klein, basically in his play calling audition. I believe that's right. He's he's up for the offense. It was a co-OC, but not the play caller. They they decided to make a change, and this is basically his audition for that that role. So uh, we'll see how he does in that. Obviously, Max Johnson's transfer makes this difficult for LSU. Garrett Nussmeyer, mm-hmm. they're not going to burn his. Re- they they they've applied for a waiver, but we don't know if they're going to get it. 
So that's the we, we don't know what LSU's quarterback situation is going to be. They they say they have a plan they like, which probably is the same plan that that Texas A and M has. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's going to be interesting, and and who knows <laughs> who knows what happens. Andy, does your family go big for Christmas or do they go more modest for Christmas? So we host Christmas dinner and. My wife's mom and two sisters live in town, so there's a lot of in-laws, cousins, all that. And so, yeah, we, we will have a big – what we do is we open presents at our house in the morning, mm-hmm. then everybody assembles over at my wife's mom's house for uh, – she makes pancakes and bacon Strong. and open more presents. <laughs> and then everybody goes back to their house to, to rest. We go back to our house to prepare because there's going to be – uh, grilled leg of lamb. There's gonna be ham. There's gonna be mac and cheese. There's gonna be cookies of every variety. Uh, there's gonna be some uh, chocolate espresso martinis. I think is gonna be the seasonal drink that we go with this time. We've nice. we've gone through a couple different iterations of that, uh, but that seems to be the the recipe that everybody wants this year. And it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna. We were hoping. It, for a uh, a Christmas pool party, I don't think it's, the weather's going to cooperate. It's probably going to be in the fifties, so mm-hmm. I don't I don't think we're going to be able to do that. But <laughs> it's still going to be fun. Yes. Uh, well, on our side, it's a little bit. I think both my wife's family and my family are in like a state of Christmas transition. I suppose my parents are getting a little older. It's a little bit more low key. But my wife's mm-hmm. family, they go a lot bigger for Christmas. But usually, they go to grandparents who have passed in the last year or two, and so we're trying to figure out. What this is going to look like moving forward, uh, it's usually a little bit more modest on my family side. My wife goes goes much bigger, goes more leans into the the feast aspect of it. I think we my oh, side yeah. of the family did that a little bit more when we were younger. But Andy, Father Time comes for us all, and uh, people get older, and they just are like, you know what? Let's just hang out and uh, and get after it. <laughs> we only have a few more of these because. So my youngest kid is 10. Mm-hmm. The youngest kid among... So my wife's one of five. Mm-hmm. And there's 12 first cousins among the among the families. And the youngest of those right now is nine. And so they're going to age out of these big ones. Uh, you know, the, the oldest of the cousins are, are, have gone you know, off to college and moved away and mm-hmm. uh, live across the country now. So it, it is getting more subdued as the years go by. But... You know, as, as of a couple of years ago, it was raging because yeah. you had all of those young kids just running around like crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, Andy, not to break any news on the podcast, but oh this boy. time, oh boy. this time next Christmas, we will have a baby girl in the oven household. What do Woo! I need to know? What do I, <laughs> what do I need to know about that aspect of Christmas, Andy? Oh my gosh, you are in for now. Not early on. Because early on, when they're babies, they don't really know what's going on. But <laughs> when you, the first time you have to put a bike together oh, on gosh. Christmas Eve, because remember, <laughs> so you can't, you can't have the bike put together before that. Mm-hmm. Because where are you going to hide it? Unless yeah. you, unless you can hide it at somebody else's house and they can bring it over to you that night before attic, bed though. or something. I feel good about the attic situation. Okay, well, as long as they're not going to get there, as long as they can't get up there, then you're fine. Yeah. But we had, we had an incident where both, of the, both kids were getting bikes, and one of the bikes, we could not get the seat 
to go down into the groove that it's supposed to sit in. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like maybe something had happened in the shipping process and that thing, that hole had been dented a little bit. Yeah. And I'm, I'm ready to go to Target, which is open till midnight on Christmas Eve, to get another bike. I have left the house and my because we had worked on it for like an hour. Yeah. And my wife calls me and she's like, abort, abort. We got it. It's in. I got it down. I was like, how? How? She's like, dead blow hammer. It made it got it in there. It didn't damage anything. Nice. It worked. It was That's good. Oh, that was such a relief because I had no idea if there was going to be anything available, what that was going to look like. I don't do but, good with putting things together, so that's good. That's a, Oh, that, you're going to have to. You just described to me my nightmare. Once they figure it all out, and my kids have figured it all out, so mm-hmm. now it's just like, I want some AirPods. Give me some AirPods. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. Well, that will do it for this week's episode of Football and Grits. Uh, enjoy Christmas, everybody. Enjoy the bowl games. Enjoy the weird COVID NFL stuff if you're into that as well. Uh, A weird schedule. Uh, But thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. For Andy Staples, I'm David Ubbin. We'll see you guys again uh, very, very soon. Happy bowl season, everybody, and Merry Christmas. (laughs) 